Thank you for young people distributing these handouts. Once again, I chose to use a handout this morning because we're going to be doing a lot of review. Uh, I'm trying to put uh, Romans 9, 10, and 11 together in a way that uh, we can follow through as we've been working uh, slowly through the book of Romans. It's easy to lose sight of the forest for the trees. And so uh, we want to look at the forest a little bit today, how this fits in. And um, ready us for uh, the concluding remarks of chapter 11, which brings a portion of Romans to a close. I believe everyone should have a handout. If you don't have a handout, would you raise your hand? And they'll be sure to get you one. All right. Then if you would turn with me to this, this handout, I'm going to be reading through this, making a few comments uh, in addition as we go. Many of the Israelites believed that they were chosen by God simply because they were the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They believed that they would be right with God through the keeping of the law of God. Therefore, they rejected the gospel's offer of a righteousness that comes by faith in Jesus Christ. That's Romans 9, 30 and 31. What shall we say then? The Gentiles who do not pursue righteousness have attained it. That is righteousness that is by faith. But Israel, who pursued a law that would lead to righteousness, did not succeed in reaching that law. In particular, they rejected faith in Christ who died to take away our sins. Romans 9.32. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as it were, based on works. They have stumbled over the stumbling stone. And the reason we're going back to that is because the stumbling stone is what appears in our text today. As is written, behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling. The stumbling stone is a person. If you notice in Romans 9.23, it says, A stone of stumbling, a rock of incense, and whoever believes in him. So the him is the rock of stumbling, so the rock is a person, and the person is the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 1.23, But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews. In particular... It is the fact that Christ died that proved to be the great stumbling block. That is what tripped them up, as it were. All right, that's the imagery of tripping over or stumbling over the stumbling block, which is Jesus. So why didn't many of the Jewish people believe in Jesus Christ as the Messiah, as the Lord and Savior? Well, the answer comes to us in 1 Corinthians 1.23, but we preach Christ crucified a stumbling block to the Jews. You see, they thought that the Messiah would come and immediately establish his kingdom. They failed to realize that the Messiah would come 
and die. That was not anticipated by many of the Jewish people. And as a result, they failed to believe in Jesus. They failed to realize that the Messiah needed to die so that their sins could be forgiven, so that they would be a part of his kingdom. It was impossible for Jesus to come to and just to immediately establish his kingdom for the people would not qualify for that kingdom. Before he could establish his kingdom, Jesus had to die to take away the sins of those that would believe on him. So salvation comes to all people groups through calling upon Christ. Romans 10, 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. The word of Christ is talking about the word about Christ. And Christ, of course, is the Greek word for Messiah. So it is the word about the Messiah. Faith comes by hearing in the word about the Messiah. Thus, there is a process to salvation. All of this we have already looked at in the past. One must believe the gospel, the word about Christ, and now I'm just going to be reading underlined sections. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? In order to believe the gospel, one must hear the gospel. And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? In order to hear the gospel, someone has to tell them the gospel. And how are they to hear without someone preaching? In order for someone to tell them the gospel, they must go to them. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? Then we saw that this process was fulfilled in regards to the Israelites. The questions are now asked as to why many of the Israelites stumbled. Why didn't they believe when they heard the gospel? And so there are these series of questions which we looked at the past week. But I asked, have they not heard? Yes, they heard. I asked, did they not understand? Yes, they understood. I asked then, has God rejected his people? And the answer was no. God did not reject, reject those that he foreknew, those that he had elected. And so Romans eleven seventeen comes to this conclusion. What then? What's the conclusion? Israel failed to obtain what it was seeking. The elect obtained it, but the rest were hardened. That's where we left off last week. There are these two groups. There are the elect, those that have obtained it, and then the rest of the Jewish people were hardened. So now another question is raised. Now the question is, is there no hope of the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob being saved. Is there now no possibility for the Jewish people to come to a relationship with God? Was it God's purpose that the Israelites in rejecting Christ as their Messiah would now be totally without hope? Is that what God was about? Verse 11, so I ask, so I ask, did they, that is the Israelites, stumble in order that they might fall? Here is a play on words. The idea is that their stumbling is so that now they fall to the ground. Are they down and out? Are they just prostrate on the ground? Are they able to get up again? Is there any future hope? 
Did their stumbling, the rejection and crucifixion of Christ, mean that they had to stay down on the ground and could not get up again? Was there no way for them to be brought into a right relationship with God? Are all Jews doomed forever? The theme is that the physical Israelites will be saved if they place their faith in Christ just as many of the Gentiles have. The conclusion to this whole section comes in Romans 11, 30 to 32. For just as you, referring to the Jews, were at one time disobedient to God, oh, excuse me, referring to the Gentiles, for just as you Gentiles were at one time disobedient to God, but now received mercy because of their disobedience, so too have now been disobedient in order that by mercy shown to you, they also may receive mercy. For God has consigned all to disbelief that he might have mercy on all. So the key verses this morning are verses 11 and 12 of chapter 11. So I ask, did they stumble in order that they might fall? Number one, the Israelites' failure to believe and their rejection of Christ was prophesied and in keeping with the plan of God. The gospel was a stumbling block to many of the Israelites. Key word is stumble. So I asked, did they stumble in order that they might fall? To stumble is to trip over something. The something that they tripped over was the death of the Messiah. Uh, they balked at that concept. Well, B, it was prophesied that the gospel, which included Christ's death, would be a stumbling block to many of the Israelites. That is not new. David alluded to it. Romans 11.9, just preceding this. And David says... Let their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block. So David referred to this stumbling block. Isaiah alluded to it, Romans 9.33. As it is written, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So this is not new. This is not just a New Testament concept. This isn't something just out of the blue. But David spoke of, and Isaiah spoke of, a time in which the Messiah is going to come and the people are going to stumble over him and reject him. Not only was it prophesied, not only was it declared in the Old Testament, but it's actually a part of God's plan. The rejection of Christ by the Israelites was a part of God's plan. Romans eleven seven. What then? Israel failed to obtain what was seeking. The elect obtained it, but the rest were hardened. Then it goes on to say, as is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that they would not see, ears that they would not hear, down to this very day. This thought is contained not just in the book of Romans, but also 1 Peter gives us much the same concept. For it stands in Scripture, referring to the very same portion of Isaiah. Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, 
They stumbled because they did not obey the word. And then I separate it so you don't miss it. 1 Peter 2, 8, a stone of stumbling, a rock of, of offense. They stumbled because they disobeyed the word as they were destined to do. As God determined would take place. So the rejection of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross is not plan B. It wasn't that plan A was that Jesus Christ would come, offer himself as king to the Jews, and if they would have received him, he would have immediately established the kingdom and set up this earthly reign. No. It wasn't plan B. It was God's intention from the very get-go that when he came and Jesus Christ offered himself that he would be rejected in order that he would die and rise again for the forgiveness of sins. Which brings us to number two. In the rejection of the Messiah, salvation has come to all people. Romans eleven twelve. Now, if there, referring to the Jewish people, trespass means riches for the world. So there has been a benefit. There's been a blessing. Riches have come as a result of the trespass of the rejection of the Jewish people. Acts 2.21. Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost. He says, it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then he addresses, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God, and with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. All right, not plan B. Plan A, God intended before the foundation of the world that Jesus Christ would die. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. You used the Romans. You used Pilate. You used the crowd. But you rejected your Messiah, the one that was demonstrated to be God with the mighty works, the wonders, the signs, but you crucified him. Through the rejection of the Messiah, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Romans eleven twelve. Now, if their trespass, referring to the Jewish people's rejection of Jesus, riches for the world... And their failure means riches for the Gentiles. Showing how this, this passage keeps unfolding the same ideas. I'm, I'm connecting the dots. Key word here is riches. The riches for the Gentiles. Romans chapter 9, verse 23. It's talking about the purpose of God hardening the hearts of individuals. Romans 9, 23, in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy which he has prepared before for glory, even us whom he has called, not from the Jews only, 
but also from the Gentiles. As indeed, he says in Hosea, those who are not my people, I will call my people. So God had prophesied in the Old Testament that those who are not God's people, that is the Jewish people, would one day be referred to as his people, as God's people, specifically referring to the Gentiles. This happened because of the hardness of heart. Going all the way back to Romans chapter 9, why does God harden the heart of some? And that was so that salvation would come. Using the example of Pharaoh, now we're looking at the Israelite nation as a whole. Romans 9.26. And the very place where it said to them, you are not my people, there shall be called the sons of the living God. Referring again to the Gentiles, again a prophecy from the book of Hosea. But not only through the rejection of the Messiah does salvation come to the Gentiles, but B, through the rejection of the Messiah, salvation has come to the Israelites, the physical descendants of Abraham as well. Romans 11.12. Now if their trespass, the Jewish people, means riches for the world. You see, it's not just the Gentiles, it's riches for everybody, the world. And if their future means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their full inclusion mean? Referring to the Jewish people. So there's going to be not only salvation of Gentiles as a result of the death of Jesus, but there's going to be salvation of the Jews. And not just salvation of the Jews, but salvation for all the peoples of the earth. Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus is not just the Savior of the Jews. Jesus is the Savior of all peoples. Every tongue and tribe and people and nation will be represented before the throne of God. <coughs> C. Now we come to an extended analogy. It is talking about the relationship of Israel and the Gentiles. What is the relationship? How are we to understand the intermingling of Israel and the church? This becomes very important. This morning, it's pretty theological. Next week, I'm going to work through this passage looking at the application of it in terms of ethnic reconciliation in terms of the relationship of Jew and Gentile. And from that, really, the, re the reconciliation of all people groups through the Lord Jesus Christ. So next week is heavy application. This morning is heavy theology. And the issue is, what is the relationship of Israel and the church? And there is an extended analogy to explain the relationship. The analogy is that of a tree. The tree, C, Israel, descendants of Abraham, is likened unto a family tree. We all get that imagery. We all know what a family tree is. Uh, we're familiar with Ancestry.com and people going back and, and trying to ascertain their lineage, their family tree. So it starts with an analogy of 
Abraham's family tree, if you will. Number one, some of the branches, that is, uh, excuse me, back to Romans eleven twenty six. If the dough offered as first fruits is holy, so is the whole lump, and if the root is holy, so are the branches. Two analogies, the first is not developed, the second is, so we're looking at the second analogy, that of the tree and the branches. Number one, some of the branches of this family tree, that is, physical descendants of Abraham, <clears throat> some, excuse me, of the branches of the family tree of Abraham have been broken off. That is, they are lost. Romans eleven seventeen. But if some of the branches were broken off, get the picture, here's the family tree. You can see the branches going out. Think of names on those branches. It's a family tree of ancestry, and some of these branches are broken off. Number two, the reason that they have been broken off is due to a lack of faith. Romans 11.20, that is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief. So if you were a Jewish person, a physical descendant of Abraham, but you did not have Abraham's faith, if you did not believe in the Messiah in the way that Abraham believed, you were broken off, all right? This family tree is for physical, spiritual descendants of Abraham. In order to be part of this family, you also had to have faith, not just be a physical descendant, but a physical descendant with faith. You with me? If you were a physical descendant of faith, you were part of Abraham's family tree. If you weren't a physical descendant that had faith, you were broken off. Because of their lack of faith, some of the physical descendants of Abraham are no longer a part of Abraham's family tree of faith. Three, conversely, there are spiritual descendants of Abraham, Gentiles, who are not physical descendants of Abraham. They are wild branches that have been grafted into this family tree, Romans eleven seventeen. But if some of the branches were broken off, and you, referring to Gentiles, although a, a wild olive shoot, all right, not a part of the tree, you're a wild olive shoot over here, were grafted in among the others. It's a great analogy, it's a great picture. I can envision it as my dad was a farmer, and one of the things that he had, he had a lot of fruit trees. And there actually were trees of which were grafted in, branches taken from other trees that were made a part of that tree in order to, to bear fruit. We all understand it from a horticultural sense. The picture is, here are these Gentiles out here, and they are taken and they are grafted into the trunk, the root of Abraham's family. Why? Because they have faith. The issue is faith. If you have faith, the Bible refers to you as a son of Abraham. If you don't have faith, you are not a son 
of Abraham. The issue is faith. If you were a physical descendant and didn't have faith, you were cut off. If you were a non-physical descendant and you had faith, you are grafted in. Got the picture? A. The Gentiles are not physical descendants of Abraham. And you, although a wild olive shoot. B. However, by faith in Christ, they have been made a part, grafted into the family tree of Abraham, grafted in among the others. They now benefit from the promises made to Abraham. Underlined section, share in the nourishing root of the olive tree. So they share in the Abrahamic blessings and promises. Now, number four, the natural branches. That is the physical descendants of Abraham who were broken off because they rejected Christ can be grafted back in just as the Gentiles were if they too placed their faith in Christ. Romans 11, 23 and 24. And even they, that is referring to the physical descendants of Abraham, and even they, the physical descendants of Abraham, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in. For God has the power to graft them in again. For if you were cut off from what is by nature a wild olive tree and grafted contrary to nature in a cultivated olive tree, how much will these, the natural branches, be grafted back into their own olive tree? All right. So, here's the imagery. Physical descendants of Abraham, they're broken off because they don't have the face of Abraham. But, if they believe... They can be grafted back in just like the Gentiles are grafted in because they have faith. But the point is they are brought back into relationship because they have faith. Faith is what makes you a part of this tree. If you don't have faith, you are not a part of the tree. Number five. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. In the future, there will be many of ethnic Israel, that is, physical descendants of Abraham, which will place faith in Christ. Verses 11 and 12. So I asked, did they not stumble in order that they might fall? By no means. Rather, through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles so as to make Israel jealous. I'm going to deal with that next week. Israel's jealousy. But the point is, God is at work with the physical descendants of Abraham. Verse 12. Now, if their trespass means riches for the world, and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their... See, and you, if you circle all the theirs, it takes you back to Israel. Their full inclusion... So there's going to become a time future in which many of the physical descendants of Abraham are going to put their faith and trust in Jesus as the Messiah. And thus will be saved. Three. Thus all true Israel, 
That is, descendants of Abraham through faith, whether Jew or Gentile, will be saved. A. Believing Gentiles grafted in branches become a part of Israel's promises. Romans 11, 25 and 26. Lest you be wise in your own sight, I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, and this way all Israel will be saved, including the Gentiles, for they now are apart. So as Israel is being used here, it's being used in a number of different ways in this passage. Talking about the physical descendants, it's talking about the spiritual descendants, and as the spiritual descendants, it includes Jews and Gentiles. All the promises to Israel are ours, because we're grafted in. Romans chapter 9 talked about those promises while well, we are partakers of them. Romans 9, 7. And not all are children of Abraham because they are his offering, but through Isaac shall your offspring be named. Romans 9, 8. This means that it's not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. Romans 9, 25 and 26. As indeed he says in Hosea, those who are not my people, I will call them my people. <clears throat> those who are not beloved, I will call beloved. And in every place where it was said to them, you are my people, there will be called sons of the living God. So here we are, children of God. As a result of the promise. <clears throat> B, the elect among unbelieving Israel will be grafted back into this true spiritual Israel by placing faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 11, 27, and 28. And this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. As regards the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But as regards election, they are beloved for the sake of their forefathers. For the gift and calling of God are irrevocable. For just as you were at one time disobedient to God, but now have received mercy, because of their, that is the Jewish people's disobedience, so too have, so too, excuse me, Romans 11.31, so they too have now been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you they may also receive mercy. The point is, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. No one is worthy of salvation. Salvation does not come simply by being part of the right family. Salvation doesn't come by physical relationships. Salvation comes through faith. If you have faith in God, you are saved. God's promise to Abraham was that in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. In Abraham's descendants, and in particular, the ultimate descendant is Jesus Christ of the seed of Abraham. Christ is the ultimate blessing to all the peoples of the earth, not just the Jewish people, nor not just to the Gentile, but to all the peoples of the earth. He is the Messiah. He is the Christ. He is the Lord. And anyone who puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ becomes a son of God 
and a full partaker in all the promises of God to his people. C. All peoples are viewed as sinners, and all find acceptance by God through faith in the crucified and risen Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 11.32 For God has considered all to be disobedient, that he might have mercy on all. Romans 1.16 I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Going all the way back to chapter 1. See how this unfolds? Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is God's power to believe. It is God's power for salvation. To everyone. To the Jew first, historically and preeminently, and to the Jew. Uh, Excuse me. uh, And to the Gentile. He is the Savior of all that believe. Romans 1.14. Here is the practical application. Going all the way back to Romans chapter 1. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians. Both to wise and to the foolish. Those that have God's word. Those that don't have God's word. All right, Not only to the Gentiles as many of the, the Gentiles uh, were viewed as those that were learned and those that were unlearned were barbarians. So two different ways in which the word Gentile is used. One way is Gentile refers to everybody who's not Jewish. If you're not Jewish, you're a Gentile. doesn't matter what ethnic background you are, you're a Gentile. But it also came to be a, more of an elitist term, and the Gentile were, were the well-educated, the Greeks, the, the people that had a certain advantage and backgrounds and, and heritage. And the rest were referred to as barbarians, the unlearned, uh, uncouth, uh, people that were easily dismissed. Paul says, I'm under obligation to everybody. Why? Because the gospel is for everybody. Regardless of family position, regardless of education, regardless of wealth, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of any qualifier you want to put out there. Jesus is the Savior of all who believe. And if you believe, you have equal standing. We are all the children of God by faith. We all partake in his promises. We all have the blessings that are associated with the Lord Jesus Christ. We are one people. Galatians says, there is neither Greek nor Jew, there is neither bond nor free, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. That's the point. And it will be the foundation for next week as we talk about ethnic reconciliation. The point is we are all on equal footing and standing. Conclusion. A, the rejection of Christ the Messiah was in keeping with the plan and will of God. He had ordained it to be so, that Jesus Christ would die for our sins. B, the rejection of Christ resulted in his death and resurrection, which brought salvation to all peoples of 
the earth. See, through faith in the resurrection Christ, all the elect of God, Jew and Gentile, will be saved. Revelation 7, 9 and 10. After this I looked, and behold a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes, peoples, and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So here is a glorious declaration of the inscrutable plan of God before the foundation of the earth that Abraham and through his descendants would come one who is the Lord Jesus Christ, who would die on the cross for the sins of all who would believe in him. And all that would believe in him would become children of God through faith, with an equal standing, sharing in all the promises of God, the true Israel of God, which is comprised of both physical descendants who have faith and non-physical descendants who have faith. And we go forward together as one people of God, and his purposes are ultimately fulfilled. So this morning, praise God for his plan that had Jesus Christ die so that our sins could be forgiven and that we could be in a right relationship to him. A salvation that includes all peoples of this world. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for your great plan, your purpose, even for the nation of Israel and for the people of God, those that have faith in the Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that even in the future there's going to be a greater inclusion of many of the ethnic uh, descendants of, of Abraham. Many of the physical Jews are going to come to faith. But uh, Lord, we, we thank you that uh, not only are you doing a working among them, but you're doing a working among the Gentiles. You're doing a work among the peoples on the face of this earth. And uh, Lord, we just thank you for the salvation that's ours in the person of Lord Jesus Christ and your great plan. In Jesus' name, amen.